0: Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, and once again, we're joined today by everyone's favorite producer, Dallas Hammer. And Dallas, there's no football news really in the Rams world, but how's it going?
1: Uh, it's good, I think. My uh, my hockey team, the Anaheim Ducks, their goalie is probably the, the best goalie in the world. He's a saint. Um, the rest of the team is just about as bad as Idaho basketball. So that tells you how my life is going. How are you doing? You know, it's kind of mixed after today,
0: which we'll get to. But uh, the big question, of course, pretty happy after the King Spud interview, which we tweeted out the links from Jordan K, ISU Beat Report, a real fun talk I had with him about the search for King Spud. Spoiler alert, it's still lost. But it's great to have someone else looking, at, looking for King Spud. At least was great to have someone else looking for King Spud. But other than talking about our favorite trophy, we're here for instant reaction to the continuation of Idaho's now 19-game losing streak after dropping consecutive matchups with Idaho State in Pocatello. But first, guys, ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Colt snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Colt Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho supporting organizations like C.W. Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit montuckycoldsnacks.com today to find out how to get ya ass some snacks. It's around the bar time, guys, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. Games we have we have talk about Dallas and listeners we're gonna go about this differently. Typically we batch the games together as just talking about two games. Go over the themes. These teams these games were so dramatically different. It's worth splitting them up. Thursday, both games in Pocatello, Idaho goes down forty three. No that's not a typo. Forty three points to sixty nine. Not a single vandal hit double figures. So we're not acknowledging scores. Tariq Cool led Idaho State with fourteen points on nine shots. Saturday. The game today, much more competitive. Idaho goes down in overtime, our second overtime loss of the year, 58-64. That's our fourth single-digit loss of the year, too. So, you know, kind of pat yourself on the back. Gabe Cornette led Idaho with 14 points. Scott Blakeney chipped in 12 points off the bench. And, again, Tariq Cool combo guard for Idaho State, starts at shooting guard, plays a lot of point guard. He paced the Bengals with 22 which leads us, Dallas, to, again, we're talking about the first game really quick, separate from the second game. What was the story, Dallas, of Thursday's... I'll let you give the descriptor of it.
1: Well, the first thing I want to say is I actually do think that this weekend together is kind of the perfect encapsulation of Fandle basketball. These two games, when looked at together, is what this team is. Uh, If we we focus on Thursday... um, pretty nice score from the other team. Uh, pretty terrible from Idaho. Uh, honestly, that, that was a train wreck. Uh, it seemed about five minutes in Idaho state just kind of realized, Oh, we can cakewalk this. And it was never in doubt. Idaho state led from start to finish. Wasn't close. Like you said, Idaho didn't have a single player in double figures. Damon Thacker, the smallest guy on the team led the team in rebounds. That's never a really good sign. Uh, Idaho State had 34 of their 69 points in the paint. It was just from from every facet of the game, Idaho State just stomped all over. It, it was unfortunate. Uh, Idaho shot quite poorly, turned the ball over more than ISU. Just the same things we've been talking about for weeks now. It's just ugly in every facet of the game. And it's important
0: to, to know if you didn't watch that game, you see the score 69-43 First off, 69 points Idaho giving up is not a bad defensive outing whatsoever. 43 points is an offensive embarrassment. But Idaho State didn't actually play that well against us when they won by 26 on Thursday. The Bengals shot 44% from the field and 33% from three. Pretty pedestrian. Like, that's not awful, but those are not the type of numbers people look at. Like, if we isolate field goal percentage, you saw that. There's no reason to think, well, of course, Idaho State won by 26 the issue was Idaho couldn't sc- – obviously, we have 43 points we couldn't score. Shot 33% from the field, 30 from three. There was – I'm not trying to skip over this because it's really easy to, but in summation, we were awful in every, in every facet of the game. Offensively, the it would it is hard to describe – it's hard for us to have looked any worse whatsoever. We had one guy on the court who looked like he could have made Idaho State's roster. That was Tanner Christensen on Thursday. We were out rebounded 31 to 45. We turnover margin wasn't that awful 41 to 11, but I guess the, the thing that I'm going to bring up I had a listener message me on all vandals. And he said, Hey guys, I think you're not talking about defense quite enough. And that was completely correct. I mean, we, we do talk about offense a, little, a lot more. It's, it tends to be a little bit easier to explain, but Idaho State was not taking Idaho seriously whatsoever on Thursday, and they didn't have too much trouble uh, beating us by 26. The they beat they Idaho State didn't have to hustle particularly hard. Idaho Idaho was getting abused in the post. Gabe Cornett specifically was targeted on iso posts a ton, and realistically, we looked like a an NAI It looked like a tune up game for Idaho State on Thursday, Dallas.
1: I mean, I think that's that's kind of what it is, honestly. Uh, I know we talk sometimes about the advanced statistics and uh, offensive-defensive ratings. Brian, do you want to guess what our offensive and defensive ratings were in that first game? Without looking
0: it up, I'm going to guess offensive rating was about 76. 64.
1: Jesus.
0: Oh, wow. I also threw the number out, 76, because 76 is an appallingly low number.
1: Yep, and we hit 64. We actually had a 103 defensive rating, so not good, but also one of the best efforts of the season, interestingly enough. Um, The defense is usually way worse than that, but that's just how appallingly bad that game was. Uh, I know that we talk about offense all the time, but a a 64.2 rating is... I can't say the word because I don't know who's listening right now. Uh, between you and me, there's a whole lot of uh, F's that start with the words that I'm thinking. Uh, but that was really, really bad.
0: Yeah, 64.2 is the cut type of offensive rating you'd expect in a power five by game. That, that's, that's realistically, it. I mean, I, we're not trying to be too boring about that game. Idaho did every single thing you possibly could poorly. We lost by 26. It pumped our scoring margin up to negative 17. Really, Idaho State didn't have to try that hard. And it was, to me, the most embarrassing moment I've ever had uh, as a Vandal watching sports. And that's a pretty extensive history. But we're going to shift because Saturday was different. And it's important to me, for, for listeners, to not overemphasize either game. Because Saturday, overtime loss, went down by six. Kind of a fluke to even get to OT. Uh, It was a really fluky game that I don't think either team played that well. Uh, That's, I guess, part of the frustration I had after the first game is because Idaho State isn't that good, and they killed us on Thursday. Saturday was different. We kept it close through the entire game, and we actually led by eight in the second half, and I thought we were going to pull it away, and I was wondering how the heck do you record a show when your team wins? Um, Idaho ended up losing it um, almost in the the most Idaho way. Possible of we led by three. I sorry we we led by one. Idaho State calls a timeout when they don't have any. So t- technical foul. We make two free throws. Idaho State gets the ball back underneath the basket, out of bounds. They get a wide open three from a not not great three shooter. It goes in. We have the ball. Point sec- seven seconds left. Hunter Jack Madden turns the ball over on the inbounds, throwing a Matt Struck esque pass to no one. Doesn't touch any anyone, so no time goes off the clock. Idaho State gets it back out of bounds underneath their hoop. Get it. they tr- they had a realistic shot to win the game in regulation, didn't? Then overtime, we we just we ran out of gas, man. We had we almost had more air balls than points in in overtime. But Dallas, what's the story of the second game?
1: the story of the second game is again so if we if we go back to the story of the first game just absolute train wreck in most aspects of 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 the game the story of saturday is this team executed better than i've seen in a long time they actually had a i mean it wasn't a good game but it was even competent isn't the right word but it was the closest game we were going to get to a win because they they played well-ish in every aspect of the game and still lost that's what it comes down to for me um there's obviously problems like they scored twice in the first eight minutes um i do think on a bright note it seems maybe the coaching staff has realized they have to make a little bit of an adjustment uh this entire second half hunter madden would cross over the Excuse me, Jack Madden would cross over the uh, the half court line and stand there dribbling for 15 to 20 seconds just to kill clock. I, they finally kind of realized that limiting possessions is the only way they have a chance to sneak a win out of somebody. But realistically, it's not going to happen. That's at least to me, that's my story. I, I'm the casual guy. I'm not the super in-depth basketball fan that you are. What are your thoughts on Brian?
0: The, the difficulty of talking about the team is and I'm now talking about what thing do we emphasize because we're the worst offensive team worst defensive team in the league and we have an ir- well we have an irresolvable issue between our offensive and defensive execution, which is if we do what we did today um, on the offensive end where we hold on to the ball for 20 seconds before we begin initiating the offense, it does take the ball out of the other team's hand positive news that means the worst defense in the league is not playing defense the issue that creates is the worst team in the league on offense, then they've got 10 seconds to execute. That's it. Can't have anything go wrong, which is part of why it took us overtime to even get past 54 points. Um, 54. What we scored in that game in overtime, it was a very bad offensive outing. Still, it was probably the right strategy, but this is the back and forth we have. If we, we can play to the defensive orientation of we're gonna slow slow things down. And if we have an extremely good defensive outing, we might hold teams to round 60. It should be competitive. The downside is when we do that, we put more stress on our very bad offense, which is the other, which goes back to making the issue with the defense of look, if our offense can't score, we need an elite night out of our defense but we don't have an elite defense. So we have to execute perfectly for us every minute of the game, which is hard for any team. So essentially we need an elite showing from our defense to have a chance, but that still doesn't even mean offensively we're going to be good enough to come away the win. It's probably the right thing to do. It is absolutely an acknowledgement that the talent on our team is not good enough to play fluently against teams in the big sky. I know the coaching staff, I'm sure, Uh, thinks that's the right call and for this roster probably is the right call. I'm sure. I mean, I talked to media figure who said it's a good strategy. And I guess for if your team truly lacks talent like we do, it is the only strategy, but it is an admission that your team cannot play a fluid basketball game and compete within the conference. So I guess that to me was the story of this game. And we need to go through a little bit of the stats just to kind of back this up, Dallas in this game, Idaho won. The turnover differential 15 to 16. One of the first times we've won that differential on the season. Shooting, we only shot 38% from the field. So, not a great shooting night. That also echoes what I'm talking about of, if you wait until 10 seconds are left in the offense, you are, if you don't execute perfectly, you're going to get bad shots. But hey, I guess that's the cost that made sense. We still shot 50% from three this game. So, we did shoot from distance well, still lost rebounding we significantly improved the margin but we're still out rebounded 28 to 34 but i guess the way i view this is we got an off night we certainly got a bad night from idaho state i think they did not take us seriously on thursday and killed us and i think idaho state further thought they didn't have to take us seriously and that was the energy we saw from them idaho to their credit did respond with a significantly better defensive output the second game or defensive effort, the second game, the first game we did adjust our offensive strategy. Damon Thacker didn't play, which is confusing to me. This is going to circle back to an issue we have with Idaho, which is essentially we're the only people who care about this team. So if we don't get the details from someone, we're not going to get them at all, but Damon Thacker didn't play. So I, I don't know if that was a strategic decision injury or option C, but, I know how a good amount of things go their way. This game, we led late, and still found a way to lose. I, I guess that we're. Oh man, th- this is difficulty again. With talking about this team, we're trying to not have the exact same conversation all the time. We played a radically altered style that is probably the right thing to do based off our talent. Dallas, we got an off night from Idaho State. We still lost. So, question I have for you. So- we just had back to back games. Sorry about that, man. Head fake. Just had back to back games. One was a blowout. One was a narrow loss. I know, like, the PR version of this is like, hey, we obviously improved. Tell me, Dallas, which team, which game to you is more us, the
1: Thursday game and Saturday game? Thursday game, without question. Uh, and I have some numbers I kind of wanted to bring up with that. This is, that was the first game Idaho has led in the second half since January 9th. It has been over a month since we—I say we—the men's team led in the second half against an opponent. That was against Southern Utah. About ten minutes left, they had a two-point lead. They lost that game, eighty-three to sixty-seven. Uh, close games is not what this team does. Uh, something you've got in our our show outline is that was the fourth single-digit loss of the season. That is an outlier. That those. Those single-digit losses are Idaho playing the best that they are possibly going to play, and maybe we have a chance that somebody's going to do something stupid like go out of bounds and call a timeout while he's going out of bounds to give us two free points because at least Gabe Quinette can shoot. Um, That's what it's going to take. This team is going to continue to get blown out by any team that's half respectable or not in their own build like Idaho State is. But I have a question I want to pose to you, Brian. We've talked so much about the offense, uh, and I did want to to kind of highlight the defense. Uh, defensive rating of 110. Uh, I'm looking at the individual players uh, on the team, the 14 players that, are, that had stats coming into today. Defensive rating of 110. How many players do you think have a better rating than 110? Defensively Four, on our six. team? Defensively on our team. Two. That unfortunately is incorrect. One. Tanner Christensen has a rating of 109.5 and it is the best rating on our team. There are more players that are over 120. Now, to be fair, that's uh, Isaac Berland had two minutes played. So uh, not really super in, in native of, of, of reality there, but that's not good at all. Uh, and I think that's – the advanced stats are what tells the story. Uh, defense is so bad, you have to have absolutely everything go right. And even when ev- everything does go right, it's probably still not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a, a scratched-out 60-58 to 58 maybe against Portland State. But realistically, they're probably going to get killed just like they did Thursday.
0: The stat that I'd look, look towards, Dallas, is in our close games – Washington State early on, we that was one of our very close games where we didn't shoot that well. Uh, Washington State had a really rough offensive night. So, like here's theme one: um, we play a team that doesn't score that well, and they have a rough night. They stay close. Okay, let's look at the other close games. Northern Arizona, January second, we lost seventy-eight to eighty-three. Idaho shot fifty-one percent from the field that game and lost. The two not two games late. Actually, our next game. That was um, January 7th, Southern Utah. We lose 85 to 80, shot 55% from the field, 50% from three, still lost. And then this game, Idaho State, not that great offensive team. Like they're not the worst by any means, but they're they're the, well, let me rephrase that. They're the second worst offensive team in the conference at a points per game basis, just above us. They had an off game and we shot 50% from three. That to me, Kind of tells us what Idaho needs to stay close is we need a bad offense. We need to play a bad offensive team that has a rough night anyway, or we have to shoot lights out and that's it. Other than that, there aren't any really themes that seem to matter. And the, what I want thing I want to shift to Dallas before we close, we've talked a bunch when I see say we, I mean, I about last year, we had our January 25th moment. That was when we, we played a bunch of close games and we got killed by Northern Colorado. Essentially the season was done by then. We've been wondering when that moment was going to come, and you already touched on it. We've had it. Our January 25th moment this year came on January 2nd against Southern Utah when we lost 80-85. Since then, we have had exactly one single-digit loss, and our losses through the games after – the first one against Southern Utah as we lost to Southern Utah by 16, lost to Northern Colorado by 20, lost to Northern Colorado by 14, lost to Weber State by 25, lost to Weber State by 19, lost to Eastern Washington by 14, lost to Eastern Washington by 26, lost to Idaho State by 26, and we finally had a close game today. But we talked, it's hard to know when that moment comes because you, you only see it in retrospect, but we're riding the collapse, man. That's, that's I guess, what what my big takeaway is. I'm happy. I'm not trying to dismiss that we had a close game. I was happy we had a close game. It's great for our Vandals. But again, the preponderance of evidence. We had a close game. That's not a trend. That's a game against a team that is not. Look, Idaho State's solid. We'd be happy if we had their rebuild. But beating, we should not be ecstatic about having a close game against a middle of the pack Big Sky team. And Dallas, that's, that's who we are this year.
1: Yeah, um, I couldn't say anything better than the way you just phrased it. There is there is nothing to be excited about here. Uh, the coaching staff, at least I'm trying to find small nuggets, coaching staff made a very obvious adjustment this game to try to get a win by killing the clock, limiting possessions like crazy, executing again a 10-second offense just to keep the ball away from Idaho State. And they still lost. Uh, it's not a it's not a sustainable way to win games. Uh, not unless you're, I don't know the old Princeton offense, I guess. But uh, it's just not it's not going to happen. Uh, and I'm looking at this schedule, and honestly, I've kind of got it in my head of okay, we've got February 18th, February 20th with Portland State, and then football starts is kind of how I'm viewing it because this team is going to lose hard to Montana State and Montana and then get absolutely creamed in the first round of the Big Sky Tournament. And that's all she wrote. And then we just hope that next year is going to be better. Emphasis on hope, and we're we're
0: approaching closing the bar time. I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of Around the Bar, Hughes River Expedition. Needing summer vacation plans that even COVID-19 can't ruin, there's an option right in your back door. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States for the ultimate form of social distancing. Hughes River Expeditions has run first-class trips on rivers in the West since 1976. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Mill Fork of the Salmon, the Salmon River Canyons, the Selway, or even special trips like one to see the Perside meteor shower, camp on pristine beaches, beaches good work, hike amazing trails, spot elusive wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river, and let HRE handle everything else. Hughes River Expeditions is vandal owned and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime, taking booking right now to the 2023 season. Don't miss out and check out at hughesriver.com or give them a call at 800 262 1882. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882. Thank you, Hughes River. And closing the bar, couple announcements, Dallas. I mean, you, you really hit on it. The current plan for basketball is, first, we're, we have football coming up. We're, we're excited about football we are going to, as a channel, shockingly prioritize a promising football season over the rest of this basketball season. We did think it was important to kind of document this season so that people were aware of where we're at, but honestly, our last regular post-basketball game recording is going to be next week against Portland state. And following that, the football takes over. We're going to have a close the book episode at after Idaho loses in the first round of the big sky conference tournament. No question. But you know, we Dallas. We thought it was important to highlight the team. Um, really, for me, after last season, when we heard the news of the coaching promotion after no progress, that was part of why I wanted to highlight this team. But we're gonna again next week's our final final time as an instant reaction. We'll close the book. Uh, we do have good good news, surprise news. If you didn't listen to our last episode, um, athletic director Terry Golick's gonna be on the show this Tuesday, which we're pretty we're pretty stoked about. Really happy to, to have her on on the show. Happy to work collaboratively with the athletic department. We will ask a couple basketball questions because how could we not? But the focus of that episode is going to be football. So if you are curious about us uh, asking questions for basketball, it'll happen. But it's going to be pretty short. The focus is football because we are excited about the spring football season. Idaho has a chance to be promising we will we'll probably work to see if we can get a basketball episode later uh, with with the athletic director. We'll see, but we can never promise that. But that's uh, that's really the big news. That is to me, you know, we're we're pretty close to closing the book on basketball season, Dallas. You want to tell everyone where they're at, and do you have any final takeaways?
1: Uh, I just want to say, uh, if uh, not that the athletics department. Watches us, but uh, thank you for, for letting Terry come on uh, on our show next week. That's going to be really exciting. I hope that our, our listeners enjoy it. Uh, hopefully, we can have some, some good discussion about football and, and kind of change the spirits of Idaho fans right now because I'm guessing most of the listeners are kind of thinking the same thing we are. of Wow, this team is really terrible. Where's the hope? Uh, the hope is football, and we are two weeks away. Uh, hopefully, right now, uh, we're all going to be drunk as hell after creaming Eastern Washington. I'm hoping that's what's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, You can find me at Hammer Dallas for more awful opinions like that. I tweet very infrequently about other sports teams probably nobody cares about, so be warned, but uh, that's where you can find me.
0: You can find me at Brian Marstow. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. The thing I'm going to close the book on is, Dallas, you talked about, you know, I don't know, the tone being rough or something like that. I view what we do on our basketball show it's not a positive negative question we're describing what's in front of us this is just what we've had to describe hopefully in a future that is not this year we'll have something else to describe but thanks everyone for tuning in and we will close on a positive note like we always do it's time for the best band in all the land to play us out sound of idaho go vandals